I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. Spider Knight? Alas, friend Spider-Man, by what sorcery doth small ceiling torch shine forth? It's called a light bulb. Welcome to Prattleworld, I am your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan, and in this podcast I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to another edition of Spider Knights of the Round Table, where my guest and I will discuss a much-loved subject in depth in a roundtable format. And welcome to another edition of Robot Month, the third edition of Robot Month. I hope you're enjoying it so far in April, um, and we are going to look at much hailed sci-fi classic very influential uh we are going to look today with my co-host who is very robotic when he talks monotone very uninteresting program to be uninteresting matthew catterall's here to discuss the day the earth stood still 1951's the day the earth stood still and the day the day and weeks and months are certainly standing still at the moment aren't they matthew um, hello. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cheers for the rebuttal comment. No, I'll be honest, um, because we've not moved out of this flat for a week now. Yes, full week. Uh, how, I, how are you finding it? I'm so bored. So bored. So, well, that's why we're doing this. I've, um, as you've seen, I've, I've uh, now been watching uh, The Sims 4 on YouTube. Yes. People play The Sims 4. And, and and in fact, they've actually reduced the price. EA Games have reduced the price of Sims 4, making people go out and buy it. I actually think I'm going to buy it on payday. Yeah. It's only like 13 quid. But I've got it on my PlayStation for free. Pounds. <laughs> Bless me. Bless so showing signs of coronavirus there. Um, <laughs> I've, I've well just I've just been informed today that uh, that will be that I may have to because I'm an at risk person. I may have to be in here for for three months. I didn't know bald people were at risk. Um, they're not asthmatics. Are. Oh, asthmatics. Right, right. I've already I've already lost my hair before this. Well, look, if COVID nineteen does kill you, I'll I'll mourn you. Great. Thank you for that. I'll, I'll look I'll, at the positives. I'll, I'll cherish I that. will miss you. Anyway, um, so uh, this, you know, this this is quite. Even though it was made, you know, well over how, how many years are we talking? Nineteen fifty-one was it? Seventy years. Yeah. Seventy. Yeah, seventy years. Yeah, seventy, 70 years. years. Almost seventy years. Mm-hmm. So, and it's still quite relevant, I think, especially now. But let's go into the film itself. So, uh, the day the Earth stood still stars Michael Rennie as Klaatu, Patricia Neal as Helen Benson, Hugh Marlowe as Tom Stevens, Sam Jaff or Jaffe as Professor Jacob Bernhardt or Barnhart, and Billy Gray as Bobby Benson. And Locke Martin as the robot Gort. Gort. So, what do you? Th- like, I'd never seen this before, so yeah. it's quite. It was a new experience for me. What, but when you first saw it, what were your impressions of the um, film? I watched it when I was a kid on mm-hmm. uh, like ITV when I was mm-hmm. off school or something like that. And I remember watching it, and I just thought, "Oh, this is great." Mm. I think it's one of the first sci-fi films I ever can remember watching. Yeah, mm. it's. I mean, I think it was one of the the first proper sci-fi films that was really heralded as mm. something unique and had a message and something to say about 
you know our modern day life and mm. life in America and the things that were going on politically and scientifically yeah. at the time. No. I'm sure we'll get into that. It was, um, yeah. It's a good film, very very good. Mm. Oh I, yeah, I I, 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 th- I th- and I think that it's, it stands the test of time. It's still like even though I've watched it today in 2020, I still enjoyed it a lot. I still had a lot of fun with it. Um, I think you know again, I think a lot of it holds up still. Like special effects still. Yeah, good I said well. that. I was like, you know what? You, they're not brilliant, but for 90. 19- 1951 i was like that's actually decent huh? i was like very very good yeah exactly so uh so the story is um the story if you're not if you're unaware a, a an alien comes down which is usually how these things go an alien pops down for a visit and the whole world goes apeshit crazy just yeah. just mental just goes absolutely I think we would uh, the US didn't seem to be too worried, though. They only no. had, like, two guards protecting it uh, most of the time. <laughs> the, one of the most, you know, most important discovery of mankind. And they've got two military police guards guarding the thing. Yeah, guarding the robot. Like. Uh, what? No. <laughs> That's two-thirds way through the movie. That was my only yeah. that was my only annoyance with that movie. I was like... It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It's just two random... And uh, he just knocks them out anyway. He just MPs. goes, plunk. Clonk, there you go, dead, yep. knocked out. But yeah, so he comes down and he wants to. He comes. He says he comes in peace, which obviously is a very, he very does. F- famous phrase in sci-fi. And we come in peace. I he come does in come peace. in peace, and he does come in peace. And he goes to. He gives out a. He goes to give a gift. Um, but obviously, the U.S. military think it's some sort of weapon and shoot him. Yeah. Well, with that weapon thing, um, it wasn't a weapon. It was uh, what a gift to the U.S. president. That's right. Could, yeah, yeah. Uh, communicate with the universe and the galaxy itself. Yeah. All, but all even the other, I was like, all the other planets. And you stuff. are you are pulling out your uh, jacket. It does open and it does look it's very like phallic. a bl- yeah, it's very phallic. Uh, and it does look like a bladed weapon as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, looks a bit I like actually, maybe like a Klingon weapon or something, some sort of bladed yeah, thing. Well, yeah. Well, I. I I was I was kind of I was kind of uh, sticking up for the U.S. Army there. I was like, really? You know yeah, because he he pulled it out and then he opened it and it looked like a dagger, like a few. But again, like, you've got to understand as well that he doesn't know the customs of America, so he doesn't know what he doesn't know what they perceive as a weapon. He's well, I'm he's, British, he's heard, and I don't he's know heard, the customs like, of America. Yeah, but yeah, I know. But you've got a better idea. He's from another planet. He's only heard radio chatter about stuff so you can only get a kind of a gist of languages. I get it but I get it's his culture maybe that was something good but our culture would be like I think that well you know like like a thumbs up in several different cultures like a thumbs up in you know in the western world is a good thing it's a positive thing in in I think in Germany it means five in you know somewhere else it means one and and in other cultures it's an offensive gesture it's a really offensive gesture to make so you know culturally certain hand body language and hand gestures can be can be deemed as inappropriate I get it but if you choose to land in the middle of DC then you just go and then you pull out a big thing that looks like a weapon you're gonna get shot uh, I, don't, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I agree with that entirely. I mean, in today's it's alarmist, a fe- that was a federal government. Yeah, federal. Well, to be fair, to be government. fair, like again, obviously their reaction. It's an alarmist culture anyway. We live in an alarmist culture. I mean, look at all this going on right now. We are. Li- that's what we live in, and all this panic buying, all this other stuff. It is. It, you know, human beings do tend to make stupid decisions out of fear. You know, and yeah. I think I think that's why this this film is very still really relevant even 
today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that happens. Gets shot. He gets taken away. The US kind of interview him. And he's like, I need to speak to everybody in the whole world. I need to speak to all the all world, world leaders. leaders. Yeah, need to need to talk to him. Need to get this message Look, across. I, I love how he said, uh, "Well, we've got the UN." And he was like, "Does that represent all the world's leaders?" Yeah. No. I went, well, I'm not going to speak to the yeah. UN. I'm like, "Yeah, what's, great." What's the, point? what's the point? What's the point? I need to speak to every single person on the planet. He's like, "He's like, can you just, you know, send that message out individually?" He's like, "No, I'm wasting time. What are you doing?" And he's like, and he talks about the petty squabbles and the problems that all these nations have and the the wars and stuff. And he's like, "This is minuscule in what I'm." trying to tell you this is i'm trying yeah. to save everybody on your planet and you just won't listen it's the same same as everything you know krypton will explode like, oh you're talking you're talking idiocy jor-el you'll you'll krypton will never explode it's that whole that whole thing nobody ever listens it's like we can't possibly shut the the beach chief police chief brody you know the the tourism board will go nuts you know we've got a festival on we can't shut the beach because of this killer shark you know it's always always happens i've only ever seen jaws once but i still knew what you're on about yeah i've not good. seen it since i was a kid well i mean it's very famous very again very and the only iconic. reason i know because of the coronavirus epidemic and uh, <laughs> pandemic and someone uh, tweeted someone tweeted something about that and trump saying it, about the coronavirus yeah. saying Trump, mate, you need to shut everything down. Yeah. And he's just like the police chief going, nah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds more like uh, good old Boris Johnson at the moment. Oh, well, let's, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, so he, yeah, kind of discusses all that. And eventually they're like, yeah, you can't, he's like, I want to, I want to, uh, get to know the earth people i want to understand the earth people a bit better your culture who you are I need to understand the world before i you know give out this big message absolutely not you're an alien don't not going to happen and again no security no they were putting even outside the door <laughs> the mp and locked his door just have a door handle he's like right traveled from another star system he can't get through a locked door, yeah. right? And then he—he he doesn't know. Door. He doesn't know how doors work. He, he, then, yeah, and then the windows were just one sheet, <laughs> no, not even double glazing. I don't even know if there was a lock on the window. He just opened it and jumped out the window. Yeah, yeah. like the security—that was my main thing. I yeah. kept moaning and bitching about the security. It was like. Come on, if you need to stop the alien escaping, at well, least have armed guards. Interesting fact, the, the US Defence Department were contacted about the film uh, and asked to be involved and to lend, you know, like weaponry and uniforms and things like that for the film. And they refused after reading the script. So it's because they're, they're shown to be in the film to be inept, useless. They were inept the, in the film. You know, they can't, can't get anything right. Like, there's no victory. They end up shooting the alien by mistake, you know constantly however the national guard were totally cool with this they were like they were like we don't mind showing up the military you can borrow all our stuff it's fine it's cool um so they had no issue with that so they passed that on um so yeah i can kind of understand why they wouldn't want to be involved but in the end uh, it, it, the the message is is strongest thing I, Obviously, the the US don't want to look weak, you know, because this movie was, would go out internationally. You know, you would you would they would see it in different countries, and if they maybe if at the time, you know, in the, it's height of the Cold War, Cold they, probably, War yeah. they probably didn't want to seem weak in that in that instance. So I kind of understand why they did it. But I bet I bet the Soviet Union loved it. They were yeah, just completely they inept the US in that movie. But but so would have the so would have the Soviets. So would have the Chinese. You know, everyone would have been yeah, into the power of, of Gort and Klaatu and everything. So well, they're not. The- the power, the power. I just think 
not putting a military police officer outside of a yeah, job. It's, yeah, two people, one people, one person, you know, all this sort of when stuff. When he's in the hospital, there was no armed guards outside his door. Mm. He was just down the hall using a vending machine. So so he, he escapes, he <laughs> jumps out the window, and becomes basically steals a suit. Um, and becomes Carpenter. Carpenter, yes. Carpenter. Um, now apparently in the script there was a lot of I mean there's a lot of you could argue there's a lot of parallels to the mm. to Christ the story of Klaatu you know he's coming in peace people don't believe him they mistreat him he's coming with a message he's trying to save all the people of earth but nobody wants to listen mm. they shoot him they treat him poorly they fear him he dies and is resurrected you know there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of christ parallels in in the film that you can pull uh, and carpenter is a quite you know a subtle hint because obviously there we go yeah, yeah. jesus carpenter, jesus was a carpenter, carpenter and owned a suit i mean i mean i wonder if he had a good singing voice was he in the carpenters no all well, oh, right no I, oh I, do you mean oh you meant a literal carpenter yeah, right yeah. sorry i thought you meant the song duo no, the Carpenters. I couldn't even tell you one of the Carpenters' songs. Um, oh, God. Oh, I, knew, I know one. I know at least one, but I can't think of it. Halfway through this, you oh, got it. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to think now. Yeah, um, anyway, uh, so, so he, he he walks in very creepily into, into an unlit room. Um, he does, doesn't he? <laughs> right, right. Just a private residence. I yeah. know there's a room for rent. Yeah, yeah. But... But he, he walks in, doesn't say a word, doesn't say a word, until they light him up. We yeah. put the light, and he's like... Like, yes, I would like a room, please. And then the uh, kid's like, are you in the feds? Are you in the <laughs> FBI? Yeah, you're weird. So you must like... you must be something. You must be, there's something about you. And yeah, he kind of, he lives there for a little bit and everyone's like, where is this alien? And there's all this suspicion what the alien looks like because they don't have any photos. So they're like, he's got three heads and tentacles and two eyes. And it's like, no, he's actually just... And, and again, that plays into that kind of red scare communist paranoia that was around at the time you know everyone all the kind of liberal people with liberal ideas were being hunted down um by the group for uh un-american activities i think it was the register of un-american activities so they were being arrested a lot of actors and stuff in fact one of the actors in this was almost didn't get cast in this film because of his liberal ideas and his almost you know socialist ideas um was the professor sam jaff or sam jaffe Professor Bernhardt, he plays. Um, he almost didn't get cast in the film, and after this, he was blacklisted because of his the way he felt politically, socialist. the way he felt felt politically. Yeah, everyone, you know, obviously at this time, everyone was any any kind of artists. You know, it happened with comics as well, um, with Seduction of the Innocent um, and all that sort of stuff. So, so it's quite a tumultuous time. So it kind of comes, you know, and they're all and they're talking on the dinner table, saying, you know, saying that you know this spaceman didn't come from space. I know where he came from. He came from, you know, he's, she's suggesting he came from Russia and it was that it's a trap or it's a, a ruse for them to kind of steal secrets or something like that or kind of take over America in some sort of just a know. pure paranoia I know it's mental mental mm. and and again also like the paranoia of the atomic age as well and like the nuclear power this you know obviously this is post-war you know really coming off the the devastation in Japan Everyone's really concerned about radiation and, you know, nuclear bombs, atomic bombs, all that sort of stuff. And again, that shows in comics as well. Like all of Marvel characters were the were created at the height of that kind of atomic worry, like the Hulk, Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, all those kind of have yeah, some. And then you've some... moved it nowadays where it's a genetically engineered yeah, spider. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's some sort oh, yeah. of some things like that. So there you go. Like come like it all kind of comes into and feeds into the art as well. Um no, it's kind of like the um, the day the officer had still remake um it mm. wasn't anything to do with atomic weapons no. or atomic it was um, 
environmentalism. Ah, because, there you go. There you go. Um, in that one, there's only like twelve planets and can support life in the universe. Really? Okay. Um, and because we are on the cusp of destroying ours, they say you either stop it or we're going to wipe yeah. everything out. Yeah, basically. So, uh, and that's it. You can see, yeah, parallels have nowadays. It's environmentalism yeah. and stuff like that. And I think that's. I think that was a wise. Thing. I'm not. I'm not seeing the the remake. Um, I've heard it's not as, as absolutely good. awful. Yeah, awful. But but I, I see. I see what they were doing. I see why they went with environmentalism as opposed to like mm. nuclear war and stuff like that. Because that's that's our main kind of current issue. And that makes more sense yeah, for yeah. for you know Klaatu and Gort to come down and and make those kind of those ultimatums. So yeah, and he he gets involved with kind of the Benson family, uh, who live at the kind of this kind of bed uh, and breakfast type. bed and breakfast yeah bed and breakfast type place. The the mother of the young boy says, "Oh, I'm going to go out with my boyfriend." And, and <laughs> this, then, this is the thing we both wear. Yeah. <laughs> Bit weird. He's been there for about two days. He's- and he walks into the room and is like, I'll take care of your son. I'll look after him. Don't worry. You go and get some sweet loving. And I will... In the back of a Camaro. Yeah. Whatever it was. <laughs> whatever that car was. Cadillac or whatever they were so, doing. Yeah, she goes time. out with a boyfriend. So, so yeah, the bo- and the boy takes him... He, he takes him to... Uh, is it Arlington? Arlington? Yeah, a military cemetery. cemetery. It's a military yeah. cemetery. And they're like... And he's, you know, he's, you know, he's very sad and things can go... You know, did everybody here die from war? And they're like, well, not really, but you know. And then he trades the kid. He's like, he's like, oh, let's go to the movies. I want to go to the movies. He's like, don't worry, I'll pay. But do we need money? I don't have any money. Uh, and the kid's like, well, I got about two dollars, which I guess could get two people into the cinema at that time. Um, and he's like, right, I'll trade you for these, these, these. And he's like, are these diamonds? And they're like, he's like, yeah, I believe so. And are they, are they can can we trade money for this, or can we can can this can we use? That's this the thing. I really wanted to find out how much they were worth. Mm. Didn't tell you through the film. I'm well, like, oh. I mean, the, uh, these jewelers, none of the jewelers could when they were investigated by the the fellow uh, the the boyfriend. Mm. Um, he they just had no idea. They had no idea because of the value because they had no idea what it was. They'd never seen it before. So how can you value something you've never seen? He probably, and that's why he was like, oh, "I'll give you, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a good price for it." It's like oh, he'll only value that at what he thinks. You know, obviously he wants to make a profit, so he'll say, "I'll, I'll buy this off you." So yeah, but it, it would have been interesting to find out how, how, how much the the diamonds were worth and stuff. So that would have been fun. It would have been good to see how much you could buy in 1951 money. Eventually, he kind of discovers that you know these these leaders are not the the world leaders probably aren't the best people to speak to. Uh, he realizes that he needs to speak to scientists, learned men and women, and kind of get the idea across that the the world is on the brink. And he goes into uh, the professor's place and he rewrites an equation, does a little, you know, goodwill hunting on there. Mm. Does his best goodwill hunting. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, I can't believe you did this. It's amazing. And he's like, right, let's meet. And, you know. Yeah, before that, the the, the maid kicks him out of the home, doesn't she? Does she? Yeah. She's like, what are you doing in here? Like, oh yeah, that's that. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, she's like, and, she, and he's like, you better not rub that off because that's I've just you know solved his equation. He's like, oh, he's, what? And then you know, what have you? She kind of just he kind of just walks out and she's like, you've broken into the house. You've done this. He has broken into the house <laughs> with a random child. That's not his. <laughs> Who's that boy? I, was yeah. like, I don't know. I only met him yesterday. You know, and 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 the more the t- as time rolls on, there's more and more suspicion around who he is and what he is and what he's doing and you know the 
Mrs. Benson, Miss Benson, you know, is, is is unsure, and then the boyfriend's very suspicious as well. They get very suspicious very quickly as well, which I think again is a sign of the times that everyone's very much like, oh. Well, to be fair though, if if you if you had a strange ma- strange lodger asking to spend time with your son after two days alone, mm. you would probably be a little alarmist as well. I think. Yeah, maybe. I'm a dad, yeah. and I don't like letting anyone look after my kids. Oh, exactly. Except exactly. teachers. Yeah. Now no longer go to school. Yeah, exactly. Not for the not for the foreseeable anyway. Well, I'm classed as a key worker, so I can send him back to school if I want to. But... Do you work at a locksmith's? No, shut up. <laughs> no. They inter- work with keys. Internet service but, provider. Oh, right. That's a, that's a key. That's key, a key worker, because we need the internet during this trying time. Fair enough, fair so enough. So have still got to go into the office. <laughs> you, know what I, uh, you know what I quite liked as well is the, the, the start of the film. They had these the, the saucers going round and round and round, like, was it 4,000 miles an hour or whatever they say, 40,000 miles yeah. an hour. Um, it's just going round and round and round. And then everybody starts flocking to the landmarks. And I'm like, I'm like this is quite quite almost like Independence Day because they kind of climb to the top of the Empire State Building and things like that. So, you know... It's, you wouldn't be able to see much it's of it travelling 4,000 miles an hour. At this point, though, in, 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 like, time, in regards to, like, you know, sci-fi and alien invasion movies and things like that, I don't think we've had much that's happened, you know, around the landmarks. So I, I always thought it was quite weird that they kind of flew to those landmarks, you know, after after the potentially that it might land there. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they think... Maybe they think that because it is a land. I mean, he doesn't. He, he it's a baseball field, is it, or something a like? Baseball is it Yankee field Stadium in, or something like that? No, it's a baseball field in DC. DC so yeah, it's right know. next to the big phallic shaped thing in DC. <laughs> the big, uh, the obelisk or yeah. uh, monolith or whatever it's What's called. What's it called? The Washington Monument. Monument, yeah, I think yeah, so. something like that. But yeah, it's. Uh, it was. I found that quite interesting because that that's quite a, a big trope in you know sci-fi films. Another big trope, which I noticed as well, and which has been, uh, was the use of a theremin in in the soundtrack. I really want to win the Euro Million, so I can just pay you to just learn Play. the theremin. I would love to learn the theremin. Thirty-two thousand pound a year. Good luck getting that. I mean, that that's, sound clear. That's good. That's good sound. That. That's good sound. That's. I mean, I could just do that. I could just do my theremin impression for you all the time constant just constant and you'll love it you'll love it you can oh, pay me for if it. i win the euro millions i you're, you're staying in that's this happening. flat that is I definitely you 32 happening. grand a year and we're going to live stream you on the internet for 37 and a half hours a week learning the theremin so yeah it was a quite and, and, and that kind of spearheaded the use of electronic mu- music and instruments in regards to sci-fi films and like we've almost never gone most sci-fi films have some form of, of electronic music in it for the most part I do like sci-fi there you go I do like electronic music there you go it actually the music actually inspired Danny Elfman mm-hmm. of Batman you know Spider-Man all the the Simpsons all that sort of stuff inspired him to become a composer oh did fact. it yeah apparently oh, that's really good though. so that's I thought that was a really cool little uh, little factoid mm-hmm. um, did you know that Claude Rains of The Invisible Man was almost cast as classic Clatu. Would have been good. Yeah. But, well, I think he's got a good voice. He's got a great voice. I think Clatu. What's his name again? The uh, Michael Rennie. He was a very good cast. I thought he was oh, great as really, well. Yeah, really good. Very serious. He kept, very... He kept a serious face, serious mm. man, and you respected him straight away. I yeah, thought. and you and you listened to him as well. You, you he had such a presence. And you and you paid attention to him, and he, your eyes always kind of gravitated to him. I think that's I think that's important as well because again, in terms of sci-fi, it's not that much of a flight of fancy. Obviously, there's a spaceship, there's a guy, and there's a robot. 
Sure. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, it's, ta- it's done very seriously. It's taken really seriously. It's not over the top. He doesn't have any... I mean, he does have the kind of... He can heal a little bit better and he has a resurrection machine. But realistically, he's as human as us, potentially. He just lives a little bit longer. I do, I do love when the uh, the doctors are kind of um, uh, investigating him, doing the tests and stuff. And they're like, oh, he's, he's healthy as anything. But they're all smoking like chimneys in this in a hospital. In a hospital. Like all the learned doctors who, who you know, should know medical it's bad Medical degrees. Them. Medical degrees. They're just like popping away at these, these But fags. you got to think back then you didn't yeah. think uh, smoking caused cancer. No, but I, I think, I'm not sure when they realised that. But it's 30 years ago. Was it? Uh, only 30 I, years ago? I only know this due to watching it on the news today about COVID-19 epidemic mm. and um, something about the US Vice President who said he didn't believe smoking caused cancer just a few years ago. <laughs> he's in charge of the COVID-19 thing in the US. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. 30 Clever. years. 30 Clever years. people. So, I get in 1951, but you mm. just look back at it now... And you just go, wow. But you can say that about anything. Like, we've got friends on mute in the background. We do, we do. And some of the jokes there, you wouldn't be able to say. Absolutely not. But <laughs> you've got to take it with a pinch of salt it, yeah. back then. It's, and it's it was, the time. Yeah. But I also think it was one of the... That is one of the shows where you look back and go, well, times have changed. Times and have that's changed. not as bad as no. we make out. So, yeah, spoken in the hospital, not too good, but hey, it was the it times. Was, it was the times. But it was, uh, it was it was definitely quite interesting to see how, how much we've come along and how, how different this this has become. Yeah. But I, I do like that it was taken seriously and it's not too weird or wacky or bizarre or, you know, it's aliens with tentacles and all this other stuff. It's a very, it's a very human story. It's a very human message. Gort, we'll get onto, I'm sure, in a moment because it is Robot Month. Mm-hmm. Don't forget Robot Month. Um, but I think that was the best way to do it. It kind of enhances the message. It almost has, almost has like a documentary type feel with all the kind of newsreels and things like that. Like, oh, the radio and everything's, uh, there's an alien and all that sort yeah, of that stuff. Yeah, that in a lot of older movies. Yeah, you? you kind of go, oh no. So I think, I think that was wise. I think that was quite important to have in the movie. But yeah, let's talk about Gort himself. Gort was played by Block Martin, who was about seven, almost eight foot tall. So he was a big guy. He was um, he was a uh, cinema rusher or a theatre rusher initially, and they cast him because of his size. And they put him in this massive suit and they seal it all back and front. Um, physically, though, he wasn't actually very strong. Um, just tall, skinny. He's just a tall, skinny dude. So there's scenes where he's carrying, you know, uh, is it Patricia Benson? Or yeah, the, he's, the... he's carrying her. No, sorry. Helen Benson, ah, played Helen. by Patricia Neal. Yeah, so. okay. um, but she, he's carrying her, and the, there's ones where it's like it's a dolly, or he's being assisted, or you know, or it's it's a it's a, a fake body he's carrying, and things like that. So, um, and yeah, he he did struggle. Apparently, he would his arms would spasm. Because he was How just heavy was this suit. Yeah, it looked like it was just made out of foam. Well, I mean, it's, obviously, certain materials can be quite heavy. You know, mm. Some, sometimes sometimes things are just awkward. Like you wouldn't necessarily seem they don't seem heavy, but because of the awkward way they are, they might. It might affect him. Again, we don't know how frail he was. He quite could have been quite a frail guy. Who knows? Um, but he, he still did it. But the director made sure that he only filmed for about half an hour each time because of the strain on his body. He didn't want to upset him or cause him any damage uh, physically. So, so yeah. So, um, but he is a very intimidating presence. I think Galt. I think Galt is the the most kind of memorable portion of this movie because he is this massive thing. You know, he stands still. 
you know, he is this kind of... I mean, he's the looming presence of this doom, isn't he? Because they're talking about that he can... You know, we see his power at the start when Klaatu is shot mm. and he just disintegrates everything, all the weapons. He doesn't kill anybody, but he disintegrates all the weapons as a, as a kind of warning. He says, you know, you've shot my, you've shot my uh, master... You know, so I'm going to disintegrate everything, and it's within seconds, and all the army are just like useless, kind of impotent, just melts them. They're yeah, all... and they can't do anything. And then he just go, he just kind of shuts down, stays there for the majority of the movie until kind of the end, where he's kind of reactivated, kind of midway through, and then the end, he's kind of reactivated. Mm. Um, but he's he, I, I mean, even now, I think the design is very simple. It's sleek. It was good design. It's good I design. liked the I liked the design of Gaunt. Very, very good. And I like the I like the Cyclops esque eye as well. Yeah. Kind of almost uh, calls to kind of uh, to the front of those kind of mythological creatures, those things from like Greek myth and stuff, mm. and the dangers and the lessons that would would be learned. Things like Battlestar Galactica took from Gort as yeah, well. Yeah, Cylons, yeah, Silence. Yeah, Silence. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Very again, very again, like Gort. I think Gort and this film hugely influential on on everything. Um, even even the phrase Klaatu Marada Nikto is quite an influential phrase that's been repeated or used. It's my in... safe word. <laughs> that's a long safe word. <laughs> that could, a lot could happen between Especially us. when you gagged, mate. Classy Barada Nikto. Sorry, what? Classy Barada Nikto. No, I think he's having a stroke, so I'm going to stop. It's like Euro, Euro Trip. <laughs> Great film. I do quite like Euro Trip. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that that phrase is um, is a big kind of famous phrase. It's even used in Army of Darkness, the third Evil Dead movie, where uh, it's the magic word. So he has to pick up the the Necronomicon, the Book of the Dead, but he has to say these magic words, or all these horrible things will happen. And he forgets the phrase, and it is Clatu Barada Nicto, and he's like Clatu Barada. <laughs> You know, he kind of <laughs> pretends to say it, and he's like, "Right, that's fine. I'm, I'm cool." Uh, walks away, and obviously, all the stuff in Army of Darkness happens uh, because he's a bit of an idiot. Um, which is, which is a great movie, lots of fun. Um, but yeah, so this is hugely, hugely influential. What do you think Clatu Bradenicto means? Stop. <laughs> please stop. stop. Please stop. Um, it can mean anything. Would you, does it, it actually have a meaning, or is it I like mean, I am grouped where it means? There's, I mean, there's no, there's no real set meaning to it from what I can see. There's quite a lot of suggestions and things like that, but gen- generally it doesn't mean anything. Um, I tend to think it's like, because the first word is obviously the, his, you know, his master's name. And he does go to kind of, he finds him, resurrects him. So I, I, part of me thinks it's part, partly to do with that. Like it's a direct thing, like go resurrect him, or go find him or search his body out or, you know. But then a lot of people think it's more to do with the, the message of the film. Like, you know, you know, cease all activities, cease, um, you know, war, cease your nuclear race, yeah. arms race, um, things like that. It could, it could literally mean whatever you want it to mean. Um, but so I, I kind of like our ingredients. Yeah, it could be. So mm. it's 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 down to interpretation. It could mean you know cease all hostilities. You know, <clears throat> it could mean anything you want, or the you know we need to the message has still not been given to the humans. Could mean. Anything you want, and and I think that it's I think that's good that it's left up to interpretation. Um, but I think it is one of the most famous phrases, um, you know, not nonsense phrases or kind of you know alien phrases in cinema history. You know, it's so so influential, and you, and again we see it in so many of these movies, and 
and what could happen and what potentially Does does happen. Does Benson say it twice? She says it twice to Gort, and I was like, she says it twice, does that not turn him back on again? So he just starts... (laughs) Right, murder. Murder again. Do you know know the uh, the body count in this film is quite low as well for for an alien invasion movie? What is it? Two. Who died? Those two security guys towards the end start shooting and he kills the two security guys. He knocks, he knocks two of them out when he escapes. So that's them two. Yeah, he knocks two, but then later on, um, towards the end, before the big um, reveal and the message is given out, he shoots two guys and eradicates them. Can't even remember, you know, remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Good, though. Two, yeah. Only two deaths. Um, so with, when he, he talks to um, he talks to Professor Bernhardt, he organises that he talks to the, they talk to the scientists, talks to the scientists, um, organises the world leaders to come, and he Gort brings him back, and they and and Patricia Benson or Patricia Neal as what's her face. She says, you know, do you have the power over life and death? And he goes, no, only the almighty spirit has that. Uh, and apparently that line was not in the movie. And the the studio worried that it was coming off cross a little left wing. So they said, we can't say that these aliens are more powerful than God, effectively. We have to say or and or do something. So they had to they spearhead. Obviously, there's Christ parallels in it, but that was that was just very subtle. But like this line, they were like, we have to put this line in, or we, you know, the film might not come out. It might be blacklisted. Blah blah blah. So like, just shove this line in, and the, and the director and the writer were like, absolutely not. It takes away everything. You know, it's, it, it can you know ruins the message of the film. But the producers forced that line into twentieth century Fox. Yeah, there you go. So so that that was it, and they and that that was that was history. And he comes out and he delivers his message to all the world because we don't really know up until this point. Really, we get a gist of what the message is, mm-hmm. but it's never said outwardly until right at the last minute what that message is and it's really nice to see even in 1950s they're like we need a world assembly and it's nice to see people from india from from china you know it, it could have easily have been 30 40 white people at this time yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in the 1950s it was really nice to see like di- some diversity within this film because realistically there would be if there was world leaders and world scientists there would be that amount of diversity yeah no that's good mm-hmm. it was, uh... It's a good message. I like the I like the whole message of the mm. film. And when he actually do, he when he actually makes the Earth stand still, it's yeah. crazy. He was like, "Look, this is my this is our power. This is what you yeah. need. This is what we can do. Mm. And unless you stop, this is what we're going to do constantly." Yeah. So yes, because the the um, that's what the presser says. You need to show some force. You need to you know make sure that this is an example. And he says, "Okay, I'll come up with something." He's like, "Don't hurt anybody. Don't hurt anybody." But he turns off the power for everything in the entire Except world. Doesn't he? planes and uh, aircraft and yeah. flights and hospitals. Yes, and I love that because it's like, no, you can still have your power. And it was like, again anyone else again only for half an hour. Half an hour, <laughs> but the whole world goes absolutely apeshit. Again, this alarmist panic that you know we we are you know somewhat experiencing right now in the the, the state of the well, world i think if we had 30 minutes of our power now we'd be gutted there'd be <laughs> nothing we could do oh, no. i've got but we've got books we've got books we do, and oh, we're waiting for our jigsaw to be delivered. Oh yeah, we're going to do a jigsaw. We are doing this. What's jigsaw. the jigsaw of again? Christmas. <laughs> Christmas jigsaw, of course. Christmas of course. jigsaw. Very, very timely. Very Thousand timely. pieces. Thousand pieces. It's going to take us days. <laughs> God. I know. We're putting it on this table. Uh, is, it, is it? Would it be? Will it? Will it fit on the table? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Be good. Oh, oh, we'll find out. I'm we'll find well out. excited. <laughs> it's, due, it's due now. 
<laughs> but um, I, I do love I do love the kids. The kid in it is not as annoying as I thought. He's not. I actually really like the kid. Yeah. I think he was cool. Um, like he was, he's, he's fairly sensible. He's like he's still a kid, obviously. So he has like interests and what have you. But yeah, it's not and like, takes a strange, strange man to a. Uh, cemetery. Yeah, first uh, thing to first thing. First we're going to go visit Dad. Yay! Let's go to a cemetery with a man so, I've just met. So you want you want to have? He even tells his mum, "Yeah, we went to the cemetery." Like, I think yeah, she's going to be like, went to okay, visit okay, sure. So, then we went to the cinema. They were too trusting back then. Yeah, but I also think we're not trusting enough but, now. But I also think I also think maybe that we weren't like in in regards to you know paedophilia, probably not. But in regards to in regards to like the communist red scare, the anti-American, un-American activities. I think we were too. We were too paranoid, and we were too. We were afraid. too paranoid. We're just paranoid very, in a different way paranoid. now. We're just paranoid. We're in a different paranoid way. with many things, and I love how we got the word paedophilia into the paedophilia. <laughs> right in there. Right Let's in there. get away from that. <laughs> anyway, <word. laughs> did you know that Arthur C. Clarke, a heralded sci-fi writer, was this is one of his favourite sci-fi films? I can tell why. Yeah. Like you said, you've never watched it, and you watched it, and you're like very impressive. Mm, really, we watched. We were going to do another yeah. film. Uh, we, we watched another film for this podcast, yeah. which you were like, nope, no. <laughs> awful. No, I've not got anything to say. We watched we watched Bicentennial Man. Someone suggested Bicentennial Man for a watch. Um, and I was like, you know, yeah, we'll give it a go. Uh, and Andy Knowles, who was on the previous two podcasts for Robot Month, um, he said, oh, it might be a bit like AI, which I hated AI, hated AI. Never so seen much. AI. Don't. Really, just don't. But I didn't. I can handle Bicentennial Man. You hated it. I mean, if if Robin Williams wasn't in it, I think it would be very dull, boring, uninteresting. Mm. I think when it, I think it starts well, and I, I think it first act yeah, I said was really good. I think the first act is strong, but then it it goes off into this kind of love story thing. Ah, that's and, rubbish. And it's it's a bit creepy that the girl he used to look after. Speaking of Robin Williams, is on the screen now. <laughs> it's the oh, Friends episode. Friends. It's the Friends episode where Robin Williams and, and Billy Crystal turn up for no apparent reason. I can hear reason. his accent in yes. this already still. <laughs> anyway, yeah, um, if he wasn't in the film, it'd be just awful. Yeah, 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 hundred um, percent. I think, I think if it was any other actor, less talented actor, because he's he's got a lot of warmth and and there's a lot of charm to it. But again, it just kind of goes off the rails. I think if it's stuck with the idea of him trying to become human and getting the rights and getting freedom uh, and being classed as a human, being allowed to die as a human, and not about him trying to sleep with his yeah old owner's like, daughter's great granddaughter yeah i mean i mean people had issue with captain america trying to sleep with his ex-girlfriend's grandniece which is you know in the com- which mm. is in the comics you know it is it is there it exists um she's a really cool character in, in her own right sharon carter but like if you think that's creepy then this is creepy this it is, is a, a creepy, creepy. And, and not only is it like trying to sleep with Miss Honey, and he succeeded. You know, it's it's a it's it, this has become. It's almost like he's become a. You know, it's, it's just a bit odd to me. And it's like all the other act, the actors are fine. It's by um Chris Columbus. Chris oh Columbus. no, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. He he did this as well, and and he regrets doing Bicentennial Man. Robin Williams regrets doing Bicentennial Man. I regretted doing it, and Disney also took twenty million off the budget. When they were doing this, and I think the story they were trying to make didn't come across. Uh, I think there could have been a lot more. It's, it, I feel like it's a bit overly sentimental and sappy, yep. but it doesn't come. It doesn't do it in the right way. 
Um, I think it could have done it in a much more kind of interesting and and human way. Um, but yeah, and it, and the, the the year jumps as well in Bicentennial Manor a bit. Like like you said, like he has his beach house property, and he's gone away for twenty years. years he's and nobody touches it, nobody buys it, nobody demolishes it. You know, I'm not sure if it's maybe it's an extension of the Sam Neill's character. Yeah. Maybe it's his money, and that's why it's. Ca- but even then, even then, he fucks off for another twenty years, and then he's like, "I'm, I'm dying. Come yeah. back to my bedside." You know, and all this sort of stuff. So we've just cleaned out our cupboards. We have, we have. And we had a big deep clean in five years or yeah. whatnot, and. Yeah, they were filthy. They were. They were dirty, dirty. dirty. full of full of useless crap. We, we boxes, you know, boxes, and boxes, boxes of Uber, Uber vouchers, Eats vouchers, Uber Eats vouchers Nathan that we can't Richard use. Smith. Nathan Richard Smith, I blame you. Um, we have kept some of your stuff. You know, we haven't chucked it all, but it is there whenever you want to come and collect it. <laughs> so, so yes, yeah, so Bicentennial Man, I wouldn't recommend it. I did a lot of research. Obviously, looked into a lot of films that are not great robot films and robot related media uh, for the previous podcast with Andy and Bicentennial Man is not one I loved I would much if I was going to watch a Robin Williams film Robin Williams film I would not go with this one yeah what does robot mean again Oh, I'm not sure. Robot me. I think it's an automated. You're gonna go. You want to get it up? Does it? Does it mean like slave or something like that? Potentially, potentially. There's there's arguments that say that is Frankenstein the first you know robot? Potentially robot meaning a machine resembling a human being Mm. and able to replicate certain human movements and functions automatically. But before that, what would it? What if? What was it? Its original meaning? I don't know. I thought. Had a better meaning. Oh well, not not to worry. Um, but I mean, this month I kind of looked at. We've looked at AI. We've looked at androids. We looked. I know they're all slightly different. We, we've even looked at cyborgs a little bit in the previous podcast. But again, it, it's kind of it, there's parts of me that kind of thinks it all falls into somewhat of the same area. See, somewhat at, at the moment, mm. the show I'm watching, which is mm. Star Trek Picard, yes, only about uh, androids and robots and synths. But the but the Borg on the Borg cyborgs. The, uh, the Borg, yes, they are. But it's all about androids becoming mm. self-aware, and destroying yeah, yeah. the whole of existence. Very, very Blade Runner. Very Blade Runner. Yeah, very Fair Blade enough. Runner. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of that. We talked. To, we talked. Me and Andy talked a lot in the previous podcast about some of those kind of characters and some of the things going on. But anyway, back to. The day the earth stood still. Did you know that the writer of the original story only got paid five hundred dollars for the rights? Wow. Yeah. Wouldn't be wouldn't be the same today. He'd be paid decent amount yeah. for the rights now. I mean, look at look at Lord of the Rings. Look at the Amazon are doing their own series and they paid a couple of billion or million or something just for the rights for Lord of the Rings. Mm. Um, you know, J.R. Tolkien. Is it J.R. Tolkien? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, J.R. Tolkien, he's, his family are raking it in. And, and that's before they've even spent any money on the TV show. Like, that's just to isn't get it the rights. Like, isn't it going to be like the first billion yeah, it's, it's dollar TV show? probably the most expensive TV. But everybody wants their next Game of Thrones, don't they? Everyone wants their next big fantasy epic. Got things like Witcher out there. And... I hate fantasy films. Oh, I, I, hate I, don't, I don't mind them. I, I, think, I think there's... I think you've got to kind of set the rules pretty well yeah. with fantasy films and I think that's the problem is people are just like ooh magic um, and, they, and you know it's a lot of deus ex machina sort of stuff where it's just like you know oh he did that because of this I think my favourite line in the film uh, from the day the earth stood still was um, it says I am fearful when I see people substituting fear 
for reason. Great line. Yeah. Absolutely great line. Let's yeah. not get into politics, but no. it can mean so many things yeah. uh, for that. It's all topical. It's very topical. Oh, very topical. <laughs> I mean, our last podcast was very topical as well. You know, we talked about the handling. We did... Um, the do you host. remember? The host, the host. yes. Yes. Uh, so we did the day the Earth's... Uh, we did... We talked about that. Um, we talked about a virus, the mishandling of governments, the suffering of low-income families, you know, all that sort of stuff. Again, rings very true to today. But, um, it does, doesn't it? Did you know that George Lucas is also a fan? You can see why. Like yeah. I say, we, we, I, I've been a fan of this film for years. Yeah. I'm very happy we got it. Um, Do you think it would be on your like top 10 sci-fi movies ever? No, because I'm a bit... Maybe, actually. Thing is, with sci-fi, it's my favourite genre because mm. I just like 90-minute things that are just ridiculous and I can sit down, yeah. lie down, and just mong out and listen to it. But what watch. about... Fa- what's what's wrong with fantasy, then? I hate it. I just hate... It. My mum used to force me to watch Never Ending Story. Two Never things. Ending Story. Two things. Uh, I hate a trail. Uh, <laughs> hate... Hate to try. What about the drowning of the horse? Oh, just awful. <laughs> um, and the, the film ended. Um, yeah. One of my one of my favourite podcasts, uh, Jack and the Geek Stalk. They just they did a rewatch of Neverending Story, and I was just like, um, did you notice how creepy Falcor is when he speaks to a tray? He was like, I've been watching you sleep. Uh-huh. Come stroke me and all this sort of stuff and it's like really fucking weird. It's, see, I just don't like fantasy. Yeah. Sci-fi, yes, I get, I get it. Mm. And I get why people, people like link it. fantasy yeah. to sci-fi. Yeah, but I just no. It's just it's kind of two ends of the spectrum, isn't it? Yeah. Like, don't uh, like that's... dragons. Don't like magic. I like that's the reason why I much prefer Star Trek to Star Wars mm. because Star Trek tries to explain why these things can happen. Yeah, yeah. And the science behind it. I mean, Star Wars is right. We've just got the force. St- Star Wars is kind of sci-fi fantasy yeah. more so. It's it's more. I think Star Star Trek in a way is a bit more like. Potentially, that mm. could be us in a thousand, you know, in a million years or something. Yeah. Potentially, because it's science based, the science around it. Obviously, it's still fantasy and stuff, but there's fantasy elements, but it's more realistic in its portrayal of yeah. the sci fi elements, I think. Yeah. Uh, and the ideas that many big name sci fi writers did. Star Wars is a lot more kind of bang for your book and action and adventure type stuff. Star Trek does have those elements and I do like Star Trek a lot but I probably still prefer Star Wars in, in Complete the... opposite. No, fair yeah, enough. Fair enough. Opposite. But uh, speaking of Star Wars George Lucas named three of Jabba's henchmen. Guess what he named them? Klaatu Nikto. Barada Nikto. So in Return of the Jedi three of his henchmen are two. Klaatu, Barada Nikto. It's a bit weird that I forgot my safe word. Uh, <laughs> I'm worrying for you now. I'm worried. Is there anything else you want to talk about the movies? Any bits you really liked or really enjoyed? What else did I really enjoy? You know, what was the Doctor called again? Uh, he was called Bar- Professor Jacob Barnhart. He was really good. Oh, I really Sam liked Jeff. him. Yeah, Straight away, good. you could see he was the only person that he needed to speak to. Yeah. He's like, you're, he was the one that was like, right, like, I understand. Yeah. Right. And he has that classic mad Professor Head, yeah, head dude, great. which is great. He's, learned, he's one of the learned. He's like, right, no, you don't speak to the government. No. You speak to the people who yeah. understand these things. Um, no, he was really, really good. Like you said earlier as well, the kid, he wasn't as annoying as the Could other been, kids yeah. Yeah, in yeah. films. He, he said a few things, but other than that, he was really, really good. Mm. Um, the boyfriend, I didn't like. 
the mum's boyfriend. Well, you're not supposed to, though, are you? Really, bit of a prick. Yeah. Um, so he basically he he thinks there's he suspects that Carpenter, Mister Carpenter, yeah. is is Clatu, and he takes the diamond. He was right. Yeah, he was right. But but then he he's he there's a moment where they shut down all the power and and Clatu explains himself to Patricia Neal's character. Patricia Neal as well. She she thought that this film was just ridiculous. She was she was saying all these lines and stuff. She thought it wasn't going to be taken seriously. It was just going to be another sci-fi bit of B movie, yeah, yeah. B movie thing, like a Roger Corman type mm. thing, or you know, Attack of the Killer Crabs or something like that. But she was laughing during some of her lines, and like, and Michael Rennie is like, "You're going you're going to play it this way. You're going to laugh all the way through this." You know, he's like, "Come on, take it seriously. Let's just do it." And she was yeah, like, well, I think back then you didn't really have like. The big blockbusters. Big blockbuster sci-fi films that are taken seriously. True, true. You have all the old ones that are just B-movies, like... Like Attack of well, the Blob or whatever. Yeah, the Blob. The yeah, Blob is a good one. Yeah. But, um, they, they are... Giant the, Claw. Yeah, they, yeah. They're, they're verging on decent movies like The Blob. Um, it is a B-movie. Oh, yeah. But it's also a decent one. Have you seen the remake? The remake is yes. great. Uh, I have, but we might have to watch that. Yeah, um, it's good. It's a good uh, one. I've not seen that in a while. Oh, so um, good. But yeah, but this is like one of the ones that you think... It is one of the first sci-fi good films. Yeah. So really, really good. Everyone's like, you know, that's decent. And nowadays, sci-fi films are the biggest films that you get. Yeah, yeah. absolutely crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, comic book films, sci-fi films. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of sci-fi. But then you also get awful ones nowadays, like mm. Eon Flux, which comes from <laughs> that, that yeah. was a, that was an MTV yeah. cartoon. Yeah, might be based on a comic. Comic, I'm sure. Who knows? Um, but yeah, awful. Um, but then you get some good awful ones like Equilibrium. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Love yeah. Film. I love Equilibrium. I think Equilibrium is a sick film. It's. I think it's a bad film, what's really good. Yeah, I think it's a bit underrated, yeah. actually. I, I do think, I, you know, it's got good actors in, a good, you know, a lot of people are like, well, well, he does feel in that. He definitely does feel. Everybody, yeah, the, obviously the the drugs make their feelings kind of, they retard their feelings in mm. a way. They kind of make them lesser. We're all Vulcans. And, and like, we can't we can't not feel. Like, it's, it's impossible. Like, humans have to feel on some level, but it's not as expressive or the emotions aren't as big. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know what? I really like the ending. Um, what his message? Yeah, so he he gives the message. He says, if you take your atom- if you attach your atomic engines uh, and your nuclear power to rockets and spend- send them into space and endanger our other planet, we will be forced to act. Mm. We will be forced to obliterate. We have the power. You've seen Gort even says Gort has the power to, to destroy, destroy the, the planet. His his power is uh, what's what's the word he said? Like unimaginable, yeah, unlimited. unlimited he can destroy the planet. Destructive potential. Yeah. A man in a foam suit, but um, <laughs> yeah, but it was really good. His message was really, really good, and yeah. then it just ended. It was like that's my message. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. It does kind of just and that and and it in some ways it's quite abrupt. The ending it is in a lot. I forgot how yeah. abrupt that ending was, but I like that as well. Yeah. Because it, it kind of it points the finger at you. Yeah, it says if you keep going the way you're going, we will destroy this planet. Mm. It is now up to you. It's your decision to do what's right, to do the best for this planet and for everybody on it and all the life on it. It's down to you. And I think, in a way, the abruptness 
makes that question all the harsher and it makes you kind of question your own actions in helping the planet and in assisting the planet you know do you recycle you know all those kind of things you know um how could you assist and how can you better yourself to better everybody in the world and everybody's you know potential to be we've not listened to it though have we have a a lifestyle (laughs) no never never. we're awful we're awful human beings are the worst we are an awful species (laughs) we're an awful race um you know um us included, we're not great. Uh, we're I took right. out the recycling okay. today. Okay, yeah, you did. We do recycle. We do recycle. Yeah, we do something. We do I, things. I we give, we set, give it to charity. I yeah. even set up a new recycling box because <laughs> the other one was getting manky. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's fine. Is manky um, a word Americans will understand? No, I don't. I, probably not. Um, manky means disgusting or yeah. you know, uh, awful, bad, you know, smelly. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Um, those kind of things. Um, again, we've got a lot of American fans, haven't we? So. In, in California. California. I hope the lockdown is going okay for them. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Our, our thoughts go out to everybody um, during this, we this will, trying time. We will be in that within the next three, yeah. four days. I uh, and, well, yes, uh, potentially the UK will be locked down because a lot of stupid people are still going out into very public areas en masse, um, which I don't agree with. And we've not left this house. And I'm not going to be able to Essentially, not going to be able to leave this flat for three months, you know. And I could, I could just, you know, up and just go out, but I'm not because it's it's to save lives, it's to protect people, it's to protect the planet, it's to protect the elderly, protect the people who are, who are vulnerable, including myself, you know. And and it's to slow it down, slow the progress of this virus mm. to a halt. China have done it; they've managed to do it. So we need to start doing it as well. Really, we will. I certainly, I certainly hope so. Yeah, anything else you want to say? Um, but I think we're coming to an end slowly but surely. No, I think I've said everything. Really good film. Yeah. Uh, if you've not watched it, watch it. But um, I was very surprised you'd not seen the film. I, I To be fair, I have, I've also not seen the Mad Max films either. So I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go into those and watch. Yeah, try those. I don't like them. No, fair enough. I, I, I'll give them. A, I'll give them a go. Um, I've seen Fury Road. I've seen Fury Road. I really liked Fury. Is that Road. the last one? Yeah, yeah, the Tom Hardy one. Hated it. Yeah, fair enough. But that's that's your that's your choice. It's that's weird because no one. I've every person I've spoken to loves it. Has, yeah, has I'll be honest. I, I, I think I saw the end of Mad Max two. I, I turned off Mad Max one about more than halfway through because I think nothing much had happened. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, right. Nothing. But I'll give it another go. Uh, we do have one listener comment. So it's from I am Jack's musings at I am Jack's musings. Uh, I've only ever seen it the once, uh, but it's so there, there. So still, I've only ever seen it the once. But its influence upon sci-fi is indelible in the same way as Metropolis, two thousand one, A Space Odyssey, uh, or Blade Runner. Plus the invasion of the evil dead, of course, which is referencing the Army of Darkness, where he uses the magic words. Um, but yeah, that was good. I'm I'm very happy with uh, with the film. I highly recommend it. Um, I think it is. I think you've got to watch it just to see where all the references come from, and mm. you know, in Simpsons and various other things. You know, there's so many kind of big kind of references in other films as well. Um, and it's classic film, and it's still very topical. And it's it's not a boring movie. It takes itself very seriously. But it's also a lot of fun as well. So. You liked it so much. We rented it, and you also got the DVD. I got on the its DVD, way. yeah. So, so got I'm... it downloaded to the box, and yeah. then a DVD on its way. The wonderful, the wonderful Men of Sky. So yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad I've got that DVD because that's going to be a, a good yeah. one in, in the old collection. It would be a good one. But yes, yeah, so um, so that's 
the end of uh, the end of the podcast. Uh, it's been fun. I hope you've enjoyed our ramblings uh, during our isolation. Well, it's uh, we've we've had to do something yeah. because we I've we'll go mad. We'll go yeah, mad. We'll go mad. We've been cleaning, which isn't <laughs> like us. Yes, I know. <laughs> so so bored. Uh, but you can find the podcast on Facebook at Secret Balls, and uh, that's in the t- in the search bar. Type that in. Uh, Twitter, it's at down underscore balls. Instagram, it's spider down secret balls, all one word. And it's available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, and many, many more. And if you'd like to donate towards the podcast, you can buy me a coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash spider down and the secret balls. And if you're going to interact with us, don't forget to use the hashtag prepare for prattle. Can they find you on the social medias, Matt? Yeah, but I can never remember. You never, my... remember you never remember it. It's, uh, I think it's Matt X or Matt M- underscore X C A T T on Twitter. Yeah, I think, I think something so. like that. I think it's something like that. Again, I'll tag you. I'll tag you. Instagram's the main one. Now, Is that your it? your main one? Well, it's Twitter or Instagram. Yeah. Um, I I have Facebook, but I just don't use it. Much. Well, Facebook does help with the with the old promoting of the podcast, but um, but I you know it's more personal. I'd say I use it for for the most part. Yeah. But that is it. So I hope you guys are all well. Uh, keep safe. Keep inside. Keep indoors. Stay indoors. Don't spread COVID nineteen. Please around. Don't do be, not. Don't be dicks. Yeah. Just don't be dicks. Stay in. Don't be dicks. Which is a, it's a, it's a good lesson for anybody. Uh, if, if there's a lesson to this podcast, is don't be dicks. Yeah. Or overall, I I think that hopefully we'll get through this. What I will still be podcasting, even if I am alone. I will still be podcasting, so there'll still be uh, more content coming. Because again, I'm going to be in here. I might be in here for three months, so I might need to. <laughs> you are doing. I'm one still. A day. Gonna, I might be doing. Yeah, one a week, one a day. Who knows. Uh, I will be keeping busy regardless. So, so keep your eyes out, and I'll keep up, keep you guys up to date with what's happening, what I'm doing, what's going on, whatever it, ha- whatever happens. But yeah, keep safe, keep secure, go to work if you can, don't go to work if you can't, and hopefully this will all blow over. It will. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.